Well, today we want to start a, a brand new series. How many of you have ever been stuck before? Yeah, I mean, buried your car down to the actual, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, today we want to talk about being stuck, but not that kind of stuck. We talk about getting stuck in life. Um, sometimes we get stuck in fear. Sometimes we get stuck in habits. How many of you have ever had a habit you couldn't, hard, had, couldn't, hard, couldn't hardly break? Yeah. Uh, sometimes we get stuck in things that we can't quite shake. Sometimes we get stuck in relationships that we don't know how to get out of. Sometimes we find ourselves bound by addictions and we can't seem to shake ourselves free. Um, sometimes we just are trucking along in life and we just feel like our lives aren't going anywhere. And we just feel stuck. Well, beginning today over the next few weeks, we're going to, um, we're going to look at uh, a text of scripture from Judges chapter 6, and we're going to look at the story of Gideon. And we're, we're going to look at how God came to the Israelites and came to Gideon at a time where they were just stuck and they needed to move forward. Now, would you agree with me? Sometimes we get stuck where we are because of decisions we ourselves have made. Amen. I saw this little short video clip, and I thought, this is just a classic picture of how we are in life sometimes. So play that video for me, would you? You hear the video guy, ow, yeah, ow, I guess. You know, when I saw this, I thought, you know, th this is such, this is a case study in human nature right here. Now, thankfully, the driver was not hurt, but my guess is his company probably wasn't really happy with him. <laughs> just, a, just a guess. They probably weren't really happy. The guy drove right by signs that said, trucks over 34, 35 feet long, whatever it was, that you can't take this road, you can't make the bend. But he ignored the signs and he went anyway, and guess what? He got stuck. Well, sometimes that's what happens, and that's what's happening in the opening part of our story today in Judges chapter 6. So if you want to take your sermon outline out, uh, you can track along with me. We're going to throw the scripture up on the screen. If you'd like to track along in the Bible, you can pull those out in the pews in front of you. Uh, Judges chapter 6, we're going to look at that together. By the way, those Bibles in the pew are our gift to you. If you'd like to take one home or take one for somebody you know, you're more than welcome to do that. We'd love to, love to let you have one. We're going to throw the scripture up on the screen. Here we go. Beginning of Judges 6, chapter 6, beginning of verse 1. The Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight. So the Lord handed them over to the Midianites for seven years. The Midianites were so cruel that the Israelites made hiding places for themselves in the mountains, caves, and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, marauders from Midian, uh, Amalek, and the people of the east would attack Israel, camping in the land and destroying crops as far away as Gaza. They left the Israelites with nothing to eat, taking all the sheep, goats, cattle, and donkeys. These enemy hordes, coming with their livestock and tents, were as thick as locusts. They arrived on droves of camels, too, num too numerous to count, and they stayed until the land was stripped bare. So Israel was reduced to starvation by the Midianites. Now read this last sentence before we continue out loud with me, would you? Then the Israelites cried out to the Lord 
for help. Now, let me stop right there for a second. We're going to keep reading in just a moment. Isn't that human nature? Isn't that human nature? You know, when, when do we finally turn around? When do we finally listen? When we can't go any further. Um, I was teaching a college class last Wednesday night and I was talking about relationships and I was talking about when, you know, that the fact that you can change, things can change, but you have to really lean into it. It's, you know, when do you change? When you, you, when, you, when you learn enough that you want to, you know, or you're given enough that you're able to, but the fact of the matter is most of us don't change until we hurt bad enough that we have to. Amen. I love what Rick Warren said. He said, people don't change when they see the light. They change when they feel the heat. (laughs) Very true. Ouch. Thank you, Rick. Just keep reading. It says, when they cried out to the Lord, when they cried out to the Lord because of Midian, the Lord sent a prophet to the Israelites, and he said, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I brought you out of slavery in Egypt. I rescued you from the Egyptians and all who oppressed you. I drove out your enemies and gave you the land. I told you, I am the Lord your God. You must not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live. Now again, read this last sentence out loud. But you have not listened to me. Read it again. But you have not listened to me. Look at me. Are you ready to listen? Are you ready to listen? You see, that's what the prophet was really saying. You're in this predicament because you've ignored me. You've turned away from me as God. You want my protection without any uh, adherence to me. And now that I've taken my hand away and left you on your own, you're in this mess. Are you ready to listen? Well, what I want to talk to you about today is, is that very concept Because we get stuck because we just don't listen to God sometimes. Come on, it's just us. How many of you be honest enough to admit there's times you've ignored God? Yeah, and when we do, we get in these tight places. There was a, uh, I I thought it was really interesting, uh, Joe Guerrero was talking about his little five-year-old daughter. He said that uh, she disobeyed and uh, got in trouble, and so he said, we sent her to her room, and he said, she was up there for a little while, and finally, he said, I decided I was going to just go up and have a conversation with her about why she was being punished, and he said, when I came in the room, said she was crying, and uh, she said, he said, when I sat down on the bed, he said, my little five-year-old daughter looked at me, he said, daddy, why do we do wrong things? And he said, I looked at her, and he said, well, honey, you know, sometimes, you know, the, the devil just tells us to do things. And he said, sometimes we listen to the devil instead of God. And he said, we just need to learn how to listen to God more. And he said, my five-year-old little girl said, but daddy, God doesn't talk loud enough. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe. Or maybe we're just not listening. I I sat back this week and I, I, I tried to think of What keeps us from listening? What gets in the way of us really being able to listen to God? Can I I give you a few things that I identified in my own life? Maybe you can come up with a few more, but here's some I identified for me. One is pride. One is pride. Um, I I don't know how you are, but sometimes, you know, when I've made up my mind about something, it's like, Lord, I've got this. I've made up my mind. Don't, you know, you don't need to, you know, I've got this from here. And uh, and the Bible's real clear, man. Whenever we become our own God, 
whenever we're our own counsel and we're the only ones we're listening to, pride goes before the fall. And then we get stuck, and it's because of pride. Another thing I identified is that, you know, sometimes, sometimes we don't listen because of, of desire. Sometimes we, we don't listen because of desire. Come on, it's us. How many of you have ever saw, seen something in a store somewhere, and you really, really want it, you know you can't afford it, you know you shouldn't buy it, but you really, really, really want it, and so you go ahead and buy it? Anybody? Yeah, some of you are trying to raise your spouse's arm up. I can see you, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and why, what's the deal? Well, it's a desire. You know, we, we really, I know I can't afford it, and then we start justifying, well, well, maybe, and then we get a salesman, and go, oh, e- easy terms, you know, and all this, and we'll, yes, oh, yes, you're the interest. You'll be paying to your 114, but, oh, you know, it'll be, it'll be okay. But we do that. Sometimes our desire just blocks wisdom out of our ears. Sometimes it's the influence of other people. Sometimes we listen to the counsel of other people instead of listening to God. Can we do another confession? How many of you have ever listened to a friend or someone? How many of you have ever done what someone told you to do and they got you in all kinds of trouble and you did it even though you knew you shouldn't have done it? Anybody? Come on. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, sometimes we just want to be liked. Sometimes we just want other people's approval. Sometimes we just want to fit in or whatever that is. But uh, sometimes, you know, like me, you're just so codependent, you can't say no. Whatever, Whatever that might be. But sometimes when we listen to other people, we're not listening to God. Here's another one that hit me, and I, and I thought, this is, this is one I know for me at times. We don't listen because of busyness. We don't listen because of busyness. You know, I, I thought when I was working on this, I, I thought to myself, you know, I don't, I don't intentionally try to disobey God, and I don't intentionally try to not listen to God. You know what I, what I had to be honest about? Sometimes, even as a pastor... I get so busy doing pastor things that I forget to listen to God. And it's not that I'm trying to not listen to God. It's just I've got my head down doing all the stuff that needs to get done. And every once in a while, God's got to remind me, Steve, you know what? You need need to slow, slow down. You need to back up. You need to listen to me. You're a human being, not a human doing. Amen? And sometimes we just get busy. And then I thought of one more, deception, deception. I, I love how Jesus, when he described the devil, he said he's the father of lies. He says when he lies, the devil speaks his native language. And, and quite frankly, yeah, that's what Jesus talked about. He said, you know what? The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And every once in a while, and I know you've, you've been there, every once in a while, you're hearing a voice in your ear. You know you shouldn't do it. You know you shouldn't go in that direction. But you've got this voice in your ear whispering to you, go ahead. Nobody will ever know. Go ahead. You know, it, it'll be okay. Oh, you know, all that. You, you get that. And where does that voice come from? I can tell you. It's the father of lies. And sometimes, if we're honest, we listen to the deception rather than God. So here's my question. Let's go back to it. Are you ready to listen? Are you ready to listen to God? <laughs> All right, repeat after me. Yes, pastor, I'm ready to listen. <laughs> that wasn't very convincing. Let's do it again. Yes, pastor, I'm ready to listen. 
All right, here we go. Let me give you a couple of thoughts. When I, when I, when I sat down, I thought about, okay, what, what, what do we need to know about listening to God and really listening? Here me give you a few. I'm going to go through these pretty quick. You ready? Here we go. Here's the first one. Listening isn't just hearing. It's action. Listening isn't just hearing. It's action. I love it. Matthew chapter 21, Jesus tells this story. He said there was a father who had two sons. And he said this one son, he said when the father went to him, he said, I need you to work in the vineyard today. And the son said, no way. But then later, the son went and worked in the vineyard. Then Jesus said, then the father went to another son, and he said to the son, I need you to go work in the vineyard. And the son said, I will. But he never went. Jesus said, which one of these did the will of his father? And the answer is obviously the one who put into action. Look at me. You see, it doesn't matter what we say. It doesn't matter what we intend. Listening is about putting into action the things that God is telling us. Come on, how many, how many parents do we have here that want to just publicly confess and repent? Yeah, being a parent. Yeah, we brought kids in the world. We wish we hadn't now, but we did, you know. But how, many of you, how many of you have ever had said something to your kids, say, you need to do this, and they've said, I will. And then two hours later, it's still not done. Come on, how many of you have ever had kids like this? How many of you have ever had kids like this? <laughs> Somebody standing up on the pew back there going, yeah, right here, right here, yeah. Well, and, and you know how maddening that is because you, you, know, you know why you're telling them that and wanting these And that's, that's exactly how we are with God. Sometimes it's not about understanding the truth. We know the truth. Sometimes it's not about knowing the right thing to do. We know the right thing to do. Sometimes it's not about knowing that that's the wrong thing to do. We know it's the wrong thing to do. But sometimes rather than just simply hearing, we've got to be able to put it into action. Amen? Look at what James says. Throw that up on the screen for me. James says, but don't just listen. Oh, you've got to read this out loud. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourself. I love what Jesus says in Mark 4. This is from the, uh, the Living Bible. He says, if you have ears, what should you do, church? Listen. Now read it with me. And be sure to put into practice what you hear. The more you do this, the more you will understand what I tell you. Does that make sense? You bet. Let me give you another one. The sooner you listen, the less it will hurt. The sooner you listen, the less it will hurt. <laughs> There's an old adage that I love. It says, if you find yourself in a hole, stop digging. Now, some of you, about 3 o'clock, that'll sneak up on you. You'll get that. But if you find yourself in a hole, stop digging. In other words, if you want to get out of the hole, you don't get out of the hole by continuing to dig. you got to do something different. If you always do what you've always done, you always get what you always got. You get this. And, and what we have to understand is the sooner that we make that decision, the easier it's going to be to, to turn this around. Um, I, I love that. Throw that passage of Scripture up. You remember the story of the prodigal son? 
who said to his father, give me my share of the inheritance. And, and so the father did. And here's what happened. He said, and a few days later, this younger son packed all of his belongings and he moved to a distant land. And there he wasted his, all of his money in wild living. And about the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. Now, leave that up on the screen for me. I'm reading this one day in my quiet time. I've read this story hundreds of times. And, um, and I'm always amazed how God can always give you a new insight once in a while. And here's what hit me one particular day when I read this. As I'm reading this scripture, that little phrase that it said, and, and uh, in fact, moved to a distant land, and there he wasted how much of his money? How much? And I, all of a sudden, this jumped off the page at me. And here's what hit me. How much money do you have to lose before you go, maybe I ought to do something different. Maybe I ought to do something different. I mean, at what point could this young man not look at where his life was going and decide, you know what? I don't like where this was heading. I think I want to do something different. But this is, this is, again, kind of the test of human nature and how we are. He's not the last kid that's ever done this. Throw that picture up on the screen for me. That's a man by the name of Terry uh, Watanabe. In 1977, Terry um, inherited the company that his father had founded. It was a little company called the Oriental Trading Company. And so with that, um, he became obviously extremely wealthy overnight. He was a workaholic and um, worked 24-7 running that company. That company just exploded with growth. Uh, he became richer and richer and richer. Finally, about 2000, he said, I've, I've, got a, I've done enough. And he was just kind of flamed out. And he said, I'm, I'm, I want out. And so he kind of stepped away from the company, now uh, extremely wealthy, but all this time on his hands. And he didn't know what to do. And so he got bored and he thought, what do you do when you got all this money and got all this time? So he decided that he would try his luck at the casino. Not like I don't have enough money. Let me see if I can make a little more. And he lived in Omaha, Nebraska. And he went to a couple of casinos in, in Omaha and, uh, and gambled money. And it got in his blood. What he didn't realize is he had this addictive personality. He was addicted to his work. Now he was addicted to gambling. He was also an alcoholic. And so he decided, I'm going to go. If I'm really going to do this gambling thing right, I need to go to Vegas. That's where the real gambling's at. Now, picture this extremely wealthy guy coming into a casino in Las Vegas. Can you imagine how the casinos treated him? I mean, here's this guy with endless resources, and they're, they're welcoming him. They gave him a free three-bedroom suite. They gave him all the alcohol he could drink. They gave him, they surrounded him with attendants and people to get, and they let him gamble to his heart. They gave him an open line of credit, gamble to, this guy is playing $50,000 a hand blackjack. I mean, he is just, and he's not good. This is the kicker. He's not good. And so he's losing money, which makes the casinos happy. So they give him more rooms and more liquor and all. And, all, and he, kept, he continued on. And he just kept, he just kept the fever. In 2007, in a one-year span, Terry lost, are you ready for this? $204 million. 
in one year. That was 5.6% of the entire revenue for Caesars that year. From one guy, $204 million. How much money do you have to lose at a casino before you go, I stink at this? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Somewhere south of $204 million, I hope. In fact, can I tell you, if I walked into a casino, my wife would beat me. <laughs> and if I came home from a casino without her knowing, telling her I lost $100, you would see me on a curb <laughs> with a sign that says, we'll work for food. <laughs> Why? Because she wouldn't put up with it. She would end my gambling career in a hurry. Now, here, here's the deal. Look at me. I, I, I want you to really hear my heart with this. Why this is so important is that so often when people finally find their way to my office to ask for help, they've totally trashed their lives. You know, I, I often will say, or almost always try to say to a married couple that I'm doing their wedding for them, if I'm doing any kind of premarital counseling at all, one thing I try to say to each and every one is this. Come to me when your problems are small. Because so often what happens is we make a mess of things and we keep making a mess of things and we keep making a mess of things until by the time we finally reach out for help, we've got this knot that's about this big of all of these intertwined problems. And then people come in and they'll just want me to wave my magic wand and make it all go away. Now, I love you, but it doesn't work that way. We can learn when things aren't going the right way, when we hear that whisper of God, let's turn back earlier rather than later. Amen. Let me, let me give you another one. Listen, learn to listen to the lives of other people as well as to your own. Now, how this hit me was I was thinking about the Israelites and, you know, here they are in this mess and this prophet is saying, you know, are you guys ready to listen? And I thought, you know, what's interesting is how they were able to see all of these countries that they had conquered along the way. They saw people who were living without God and they saw what happened to people who were living without God. In other words, they didn't even have to learn from their own mistakes. They could learn from the mistakes of other people. In fact, I had somebody hand me a note after the first service, and they said, you know, they gave me a quote that said, you know, you don't have, you know, learn from the mistakes of other people because life's too short to make them all yourself. <laughs> I thought, that is very true. So very true. You can learn from the lives of other people. In fact, throw that passage of scripture up on the screen. This is what Paul said. I, I love this talking about looking back at Israeli history. He said, and these things happened to them as what? examples for us. Read it with me out loud. They were written down to warn us who live at the end of the age. And so if you think you are standing strong, be careful not to fall. When I was thinking about this, I was thinking how often all you got to do is look around a little bit and you can see mistakes that you just 
shouldn't do. <laughs> How many of you ever watched the, the show Cops or any of those where the, you know, when they do the reality TV where... And what's always funny to me is how often people will run from the police. And it's like, you know, you know where this is going to end. I mean, it's rare that somebody's actually going to get away. It's going to end. It's, this is going to end badly. But they, but they run it. It's like, don't you guys ever watch this show? You know, <laughs> oh, don't you guys ever watch? And then I saw this. I saw this. Throw this guy up on the screen for me. I read this story. I just thought, oh, this is, this is classic, you know. And, and this is for all of you who may be thinking crime may be your thing, okay? This is a great story. This is a guy, his, his name is Peter Emery. Peter lived in Florida. Uh, he would, had been uh, in and out of jail, uh, had a drug addiction, and um, decided to break into a home down in Florida. And he makes his way to this home. He's looking for drugs. He gets into this box and he finds a prescription bottle of opioid medicine. I think it was like a Vicodin kind of thing. And um, he was all excited. And so he stole that bottle of medicine and stole some other things. And he, and he, and he took off. Well, you know, this home had like security cameras everywhere. So they've got great pictures of this guy who's already well known to the police. And so, you know, he's being filmed as he does this, which was a felony to begin with. So the police capture him. And... Um, when they capture him, he, he confessed to them that his crime wasn't what he thought it would be. He said, because what he discovered, he said, I quickly discovered that this opioid medicine, that he found out that the owner had actually taken, taken the opioid medicine out of the prescription bottle for that very reason, because they didn't want to get it stolen, and they replaced it with laxatives. <laughs> So when we say he was on the run from the police, <laughs> dude, don't be that guy. <laughs> look at me. All you have to do is look around a little bit. And you can learn great lessons from the lives of other people. Amen. Let me give you one, one last thought this morning. We talk about listening. Listening really needs an open heart and not just an open ear. Listening really requires an open heart, not just an open ear. Um, I, I saw this cartoon last week. And I thought, oh, this is so classic. And this is, this is for all, all you wives will love this. This is a woman bringing her husband to Jesus to heal. She so goes, I want you to heal my husband's selective hearing. <laughs> How many of you wives go, I understand that completely? Yes. And I started laughing when I, when I read that. And then it hit me. But isn't that exactly what we do with God? We have selective hearing. We... We hear, we listen, we lean into the things that we really want to know about, and we shy away, pull away, turn a deaf ear to the things that we really don't. Um, I, I love what Jesus said in Matthew 13. Throw that up on the screen for me. Jesus said, for the hearts of these people are what? They're hardened. And their ears cannot hear and they have closed their eyes 
and so their eyes cannot see. Read it with me. But blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. And what Jesus is talking about here is not just these eyes and these ears, but this heart. That's why I put on your outline, it's really hard to get our lives unstuck if we're only hearing what we want to hear. I want to ask you again. Are you ready to listen? Your life can be better than it is. Your marriage can be better than it is. Whatever it is you're stuck on, you can get out of and move forward. But here's where it begins. It begins with really willing to be listening to God. Amen. Rachel, why don't you go ahead and come on back. And I'm going to ask my prayer partners if they would go ahead and take their places today. And this morning, we want to give you just a couple of moments to to really lean into God. Um, For some of you, this message may be right where you are. For some of you, you may really feel stuck today. And for some of you, if you are really honest, you may know without a shadow of a doubt, you've been avoiding really listening to God. And maybe this morning, for some of you, that's your prayer, that you need to be open to God to hear that. For others of you, maybe this was a nice message, but maybe there's something else going on in your life that you need someone to pray with you about. Maybe you're walking through a difficult time. Maybe you're facing something coming up that you really wish somebody would pray with you about. And this morning, as Rachel leads us in this song, we've got prayer partners in all four corners of the room, and they'll be happy to pray with you about anything that you would like them to pray. You can give them as much or as little detail as you want. As God speaks to you, there may be some of you who you want to put your prayer request on your prayer card that's on the back of the pew, and you may want to hang it on the prayer walls. There may be some of you who want just a moment alone with God and come to an altar where you can kneel. But my challenge to you is right where you are and right where you sit, that this would be a moment where you would say to God, I'm ready to listen. Your kingdom come. Your will be done in my life as you would want it to be. Pastor Steve, how do I get my life unstuck? Well, it begins by listening. Are you ready to do that? Rachel's going to lead us in this song, and you feel free to respond however you want. And after we sing this song through, I'll pray a prayer blessing for us. Let's pray. Lord, we ask that you would just um, draw near to us. It's not that we can't hear you. It's that, quite frankly, sometimes we don't want to hear you. And we need you to help us to want to. Sometimes it's not that we don't understand the right things to do or the wrong things to stay away from. It's Sometimes, Lord, it's just being able to put what we know and what you've said into action. Father, when we read the scripture this morning, we were reminded that the Israelites got themselves stuck because they just didn't listen to you. And so you ask them a question through your prophet. Are you ready to listen now? And Father, my prayer for all of us is that wherever we are on our journey, 
that we would tune our ears in, that we wouldn't have to hit bottom, that we wouldn't have to lose so much, that it would simply be the awareness that we're not listening closely, that would turn us around and help us to lean into you. You know exactly what we need. You know exactly where we are. You know exactly what it is that it's going to take for us to move forward in our journey with you. And so, Lord, this morning, I pray that you would just come alongside of each and every one of us and And that you would help us deep in our hearts come to a place where we're really ready to listen to you. Father, there may be uh, some of us here this morning that, you know, we've never really been in a relationship with you before. But this morning we we felt you nudging us. We felt your spirit kind of touching on our heart. And, And Lord, the journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. And so I pray for those that might be feeling that nudge today, that today would be the beginning that they would just simply open their heart to you. That today they would confess their need for you. That today they would just reach out with a hand of faith and take hold of your hand. And and that today, Lord, would be the beginning of a life listening to the Lord. Father, we thank you so much for the way that you love us. We thank you for the gracious way that you are patient with us. May we listen to you carefully this week. In your precious name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Amen.